So hello and welcome to the 28th episode of the Spotlight Podcast, the unofficial podcast for Century 21 sales representatives in Canada, where we discuss the hot topics and important news in the real estate industry. So I'm your host, Lias Kilius, and with me as always is Aaron Richardson. Hello. Hey, Aaron. So Aaron is a broker and general manager with Century 21 Heritage Group. Aaron has an extensive background in online marketing, technology, and customer service. And I'm the head of business development at the real estate co- marketing company, Homania. So it's almost the end of the year. Snow is blanketing a solid chunk of Canada. Everyone is rushing about to get ready for the holidays. So naturally, during this time of the year, the real estate market starts to slow down. With this drop in business, agents often find that it's the perfect time to organize their business by planning for the new year. Develop a business strategy that will help them increase their earnings in the new year. Maybe this is also a good time to reflect over the previous year and evaluate your business decisions. What did I do right? What did I do wrong? What would I have done differently? So on today's show, we're going to be talking about just this, developing your business plan for the upcoming year and good strategies for deciding where to spend your time, effort, and money to best help grow your business. Before we get into that, we only got a few more days left till Christmas, Aaron. Have you got all your Christmas shopping done? Nope. I still got a bunch to do, so we got two days left. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a tight one. Yeah, I'm fearing going to the mall. <laughs> Most of my kids have actually been sick the past few days so it's kind of derailed what we thought was good progress it always seems to be something derailing the kind of like progress you can make towards getting all the presents done and like you know we've got a bunch of guests coming over for for christmas eve and christmas and such getting the house ready and all that Um, but yeah it's going to be a bit of a bit of a race to the finish line i think so yeah i was hoping to take advantage of some of the some of the people that uh, suggested i buy stuff online but i don't i don't want to order uh, something and not have it come in in time, which is always the, so I'm past that. I'm done. Like I can't do that right at, at this point. So I, I really hope my wife isn't watching the show because I'm about to spoil one of her <laughs> presents, but um, I'm pretty sure she isn't. So yeah, I ordered something like a month and a half ago from the States. It was just, it was just like a little like keychain with, with like our family picture in it. Right. And yeah. I was stressing out because it, it, it shipped, I think at the end of November, I'm just waiting for it to come in, waiting for it to come in. But of course, you know, something shipping from the States might get held by customs, whatnot. Uh, it just came in yesterday. So that was a little sigh of relief there. But yeah, I guess we're at the point now where you can't really order stuff online unless you get like next day shipping now. Right. So That's uh, right. I think it's time to get my boots and winter coat on and make the trek over to the mall and, and get the final gifts over there now. So, uh, but those, those lineups and everything are pretty hectic and it's it's a mad yeah, rush with them all that's for sure so just go early in the morning or sometimes later at night but uh, early in the morning is pretty good usually yeah, yeah. well getting kids to see santa is like a million times worse oh, this time of year too just yeah <laughs> you just can't do that okay anyways this isn't a podcast about talking about our christmas shopping plans so let's yeah. maybe get right into what we're going to talk about so business plans so if someone is evaluating what they've done in the previous year and looking forward to the new year, like where should you, where should you start in this process, Aaron? Um, I just really two case studies, I guess one being uh, a new agent, right. That doesn't have any business last year. And uh, we have plenty of those that come to us and or uh, come to me and look for a business plan. And then there's the ones that uh, obviously have done a lot of business last year and uh, they're just looking to make sure that they either stay on track or they want to increase their business or looking for more time. So, um, there's those two different scenarios. Yeah. So, so I guess, yeah, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, go ahead. I was gonna lead you into the next part, but it looks like you're doing that on your own. So, yeah, no, I was just, you know, what you need, and it's the same thing, you know, what, 
essentially what you have to do is establish their goal for next year. What is your goal? Do you want to save time? Do you want to make more money? Or do you want to make money? You know, <laughs> um, which is a lot of the case. So what you need to do is if you're um, um, if you're in a situation where uh, you have made some money last year. You want to identify the areas that uh, that you worked in in order to find out where your business came from. So, um, print off a list of all your clients beside the clients' names. You know, um, mark where they came from. How how did you get that business? And uh, take that. Um, decide where your goal is for next year in terms of dollar figure. And then, uh, and I've got a, I, you know, I guess when we're talking about it, I've got a business plan summary that I use with, uh, with agents and uh, I write, I actually write it down for them, right? I, I say, what did you make last year? What was your income? What was your expenses? And, uh, and what would you project to do? So let's start with just goals first. Um, and then after you get goals established, uh, we go through the actions and how you're going, what you're going to do to accomplish your goals. You're going to talk about how you're going to manage your time and time block your time in order to do the actions. Um, and then we're going to talk about accountability. How do you keep yourself on track? Um, and if you're keeping yourself on track and you're establishing your goals and you're doing the actions, the business will come. Um, and then we always talk about tax planning uh, near the end to make sure that you don't get uh, caught up, uh, not just with expenses, but uh, the tax man in the end as well. Do you, do you find in general that after an agent comes up with a business plan, say with you or on their own, that they have problems sticking to it? Because I know like a lot, mm -hmm. this is the time for New Year's resolutions, right? And yeah. I think like, you know, one common one is like, I'm going to start going to the gym, right? And that's what a lot of people will say. But then I think gyms would be probably the first people to tell you this after, you know, you get a big surge in January, but then everyone stops going in February. Like it's just like a thing where you start sticking to your new resolution, but then it kind of drops off. Do you, is, this a, is this a standard problem that we have as well with business planning too? Or is, is this that's just the, like, how do you keep yourself motivated? Hey, listen, that's the, that's the key. The key to real estate right there is accountability. If you complete the actions, you will see results. There's no, there's no doubt about that. I, I have never seen anybody in one of my offices that worked tirelessly at prospecting and did everything we told them they should do. And, you know, they're sending out the right marketing pieces and they're talking to the right people that don't have success. I mean, success, success is going to come from hard work at planning and following through and accountability and holding yourself accountable. But the accountability factor is the key to the, to, to everything. Um, yeah. I imagine that, imagine that must be pretty tough too, because in real estate, you're really only accountable to yourself in many cases too. It's not like you've necessarily, I mean, I guess you do have a management team and, and peers that might be like looking over your shoulder a little bit, but at the end of the day, you're your own boss, right? So mm -hmm. it becomes tough to give yourself that little kick in the butt if you need it. So like, I mean, I don't know, is this just something that you just have to make that resolution to stick to it? Or is there any anything else you can really do to try and get that? I mean, you've probably come across agents before that problem sticking to plans. Do you have any sort of strategies for getting them to to get yeah. to stick with that plan? I mean, when it comes to the accountability factor, um, which is about fourth down the list, we get to accountability. Um, but it is, the, like I said, it's the most important uh, uh, step. Um, when I talk about accountability, it's hard to hold yourself accountable. And sometimes you can do it through proper planning. So you put it in your phone and you booked yourself from two to four on Thursdays to door knock or make some calls or follow up on some your sphere of influence or something like that. So you time block all these actions into your phone. The problem is you look at your phone and say, yeah, I know I should be doing that, but I'm not going to do it. You know, so um, preparation is only half of it. You, you got you to put it in there. Um, the other half is if, if you can't hold yourself accountable is to get somebody to do it for you. Um, that could be your, your wife, 
one of your kids, it could be your manager, it could be a coworker. Uh, just choose somebody that you know um, is going to ask you daily and weekly and monthly questions about your business and say, you know, why aren't you doing this? You know, if you come home to, uh, to you know, your kids every night and they say, hey, dad, did you get those two prospects today? Um, and you say, uh, uh, no, I didn't. You know, they're, you're going to feel bad about it. So having them uh, hold you accountable works. Yeah, unless your kids are a three and a five-year-old like mine. It might be a little bit more <laughs> difficult. But hey, you never know. I guess maybe it worked there too, right? Um, so by the way, uh, just for anyone listening or watching the show too, we're going to make um, Aaron's little business plan report that he's got there that he showed a second ago available for download on the website, uh, the episode, uh, the, sorry, the episode website at spotlight essentially21.ca slash podcast. Uh, so there'll be a little download link there. Yeah. It's a it's a business plan that I started. I didn't take this from anybody in particular. I built it myself based on some of the other things that are out there. Um, so, you know, listen, it's not perfect. I'm sure there are things that you could manipulate and put on there if you feel that certain things are more important. But it really does go through um, the three aspects of your business and where business comes from. So just to give you a rundown, I guess, on that, at the top of the business plan, it'll have uh, the goals um, that you have for the next year. Uh, and then I get in right into your sphere of influence, so the people that you know. That's where a lot of business comes from. I, I find business going to come from three main sections, and that's your sphere of influence, the people that know you, and the networking that you do. The next section is your paid advertising. Um, obviously, you could buy your business. Uh, the amount you spend, sometimes, uh, you know, you could, if, if you had $100,000, come see me. I'll show you where to spend it to get the to get the leads, to get the business. But uh, that's one section. And uh, and then prospecting, um, how you're going to create more um, leads and, and how you're going to get out there. And that has a lot to do with, you know, I say door knocking and cold calling. I mean, there's specific actions you can do that aren't just that basic as door knocking and cold calling. But really, it comes down to creating more business through prospecting. So there's actions on this sheet that uh, um, that you're going to accomplish and, and time block in. Um, you know, I had somebody come in yesterday uh, to do a business plan, and we got just through sphere of influence. And we went through all the actions that I have on the sphere of influence. And he had so many things that he could do with his 260 people that he knew from his wedding list, of all things. He thought, you know, he's got all these addresses from his wedding list. That's great. 260. 260, I figure you can make about $370,000 next year from 260 people if you did everything properly. So we went through it all. And I said, I don't want you to spend any more time with, with, uh, with spending money on advertising or anything until your sphere of influence is looked after. Let's make sure that there's a newsletter sent out. Make sure that you're calling them weekly. Make sure that you're, um, you know, I've got some stuff on here, uh, you know, buying note cards, sending note cards out and thanking people, um, doing pop buys as Brian Buffini would do and um, all this sort of actions that you're going to do with your sphere of influence. But if he focused on that next year, he's easily going to double his business. Hey, well, I mean, this is a good segue to talk a little bit about that because we were talking a little bit off camera about um, different agents are different situations, right? Like this agent that you're talking about, he's got potentially a very large sphere of influence. Mm -hmm. And it looks like his efforts might be better uh, suited for putting the time into cultivating those, not necessarily a, a large financial investment, whereas other agents might be in a situation where they don't have a large sphere of influence. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe they're maybe they're a struggling agent looking for business, like really trying to figure out if they need to if if real estate is like the vocation for them or not. Uh, other agents might be doing extremely well and just have no time at all to do anything because they've got so much business coming in, but they want to try and ex expand their business. So, um, I guess when when you when you look at what 
your business situation was like from the previous year and like what, what where do you go from there do you maybe like evaluate where your shortcomings were like what kind of resources you have to spend in the year like maybe you've got a lot of time because you don't have a lot of business coming in maybe a lot of money because you've got a lot of business coming in but not enough time because that's yeah. what's holding you back like how do you how do you go forward from there and evaluate those situations, I guess. The first thing to do, you need to do a self-evaluation. And when I sit down with somebody, I, I do, I help them with that. Uh, I ask them a lot of questions about their life, um, what it is they enjoy doing. Um, you know, we'll take advantage of anything that they've done in the past that's been successful. We'll focus on areas that they, uh, that they know they're good at. You know, some people are better on the phone. Some people are better networking amongst the, the community. Other people are great. They have no problem knocking on some doors. Um, so really, we want to tailor our business plan based around um, the um, strengths of an individual. Um, so not every business plan is going to be similar. And uh, I think it's really important. One of the things, you know, I really want to stress, too, is there is somebody else. I know that everybody listening to this should have somebody else in their office, somebody else that is in their life that can help them with their business plan. Get help. Um, sit down with the manager of your office, the owner of your company, a manager of one of the other offices, you know, in your company or, or whatever it, it may be, but sit down with them and have have a good conversation of where you could focus on next year and where you can increase. Um, you had mentioned something, Linus, that uh, kind of reminded me of somebody that came into the office once and uh, they were spending a lot of money on uh, one publication. I said, hey, listen, you know, I've spent I spent two three thousand dollars on this uh, on this um, publication last year, and you know, I just I don't want to spend that money there anymore. I want to shift it somewhere else. And the more we looked at, we looked at what they she uh, she did the year previous, and it turns out that she had sold two houses from the pu uh, publication, and both you know it was actually forty thousand dollars worth of uh, income she she made from it, and she only spent I think it was like twenty five hundred dollars. So. You know, you look at that and you see the return on the investment. And we thought, well, by the end of it, we actually convinced her to spend five thousand on the publication, <laughs> so she could make eighty thousand dollars next year, because it was something that you know did produce results the year previous. And she came in thinking, well, I didn't want to spend the money on that anymore. So that's just a good example of you know how to delve into what somebody's done in the past and either take advantage of it or or move on if it's not working. So is that a simple way to review the past year? Like look at where you spent the money, maybe where you spent the time, I guess where, I guess where you spent your resources is probably the best way to put it and and look at the returns from all of those avenues. I guess it might be tough in real estate uh, to identify where the money comes in from. Like sometimes it's obvious if it comes from, you know, like a maybe a newspaper publication, they call you from that, they say they, they saw your, your ad in the paper or whatever, then you know where that came from. Um, yeah. But is that generally the best way to review the previous year look for like you know money in money out where it came from time in time out where it came from like that kind of thing i think it's important to know where it's coming from for sure i don't i don't know any business that is going to sit down and not you know in part of their business plan isn't going to establish where their their money's coming from if they know you know 80 percent of their money comes from their sphere of influence and i look at what they did to get that from their sphere of influence and they didn't do anything i'm going okay there's lots of money being left on the table here you know, if you're making 80% of your business from your sphere of influence and you're only spending, you know, two hours a week and a thousand dollars of budget, you know, let's, let's see if we can triple that income by spending a little more time and effort and, and maybe resources in terms of money in that one area, because that seems to be an area you're getting a lot of your business from. Okay. So let's, let's look forward to the next year. So let's say you, you've got time as your main resource because you don't have maybe a lot of business coming in, where 
is the best place to spend your time typically? Or if someone came to you in that kind of situation, where would you tell them to start looking at spending their time? Well, I think you'd have to look at individual situations for that. You really, time is money and uh, time is the number. Like, listen, everybody, like I said, bring me a hundred thousand dollars and I'll tell you where to spend the money and you don't have to spend the time. But a lot of people don't have budgets of a hundred thousand dollars and or more, you know, anywhere near. Um, so you're going to spend more time than it is money on your business to, to get prospects. So um, really it's going to depend on the individual circumstance to, to uh, identify um, where it is that you really want to spend that time. Um, but I, do, I will tell you, the majority of the time will be spent talking to people. <laughs> so however we get it to happen, you have to make more friends. <laughs> you know, people, people will use people because either they're the popular person in the area, which means it's farming, which means it's money, or they're going to use them because they're like, I, I like this guy. I think he knows what he's talking about. He seems honest and all the rest of it, but they don't know that until, you know, spend some time with you. So you've got to get out there and, uh, and create, do some actions in order to meet some people. Yeah, I guess you talked about before, it's really more playing to your strength as a person, as a salesperson too, right? Like maybe phone calling or door knocking isn't like the the way that you shine, but maybe it's different things like getting involved in community events and more just kind of getting your face out there and such. So I guess, yeah, like you said, that's more of a, a an agent-specific solution to that kind of time problem, right? Um, so on the flip side, you said that if I had $100,000, you tell me where to spend it in an instant. So let's say maybe I didn't have $100,000, but if I had a, a, an amount of money to put towards my business development for the next year put away, where are good places to spend that in a year? Well, let's let's look at, uh, and again, it's going to be, it's going to revolve around a personality or a person. I mean, um, online right now is very popular, uh, so I could easily, you know, spend quite a bit for somebody to generate leads on uh, pay-per-click advertising and stuff like that. But let's go with a um, a really proven track record of success, and that's farming. Um, if you are popular in an area, people will call you. If they, if, if you, you look at an area of a uh, thousand homes, and I know that in that area, forty percent of the people that are going to be selling next year. They have an agent that they've either used in the past or been referred to, but there's still a percentage of people in every area that are saying, I don't know who I'm going to use. And uh, they say, listen, I'm going to probably call the top three agents in my area. Um, if you can prove to them that you, you are the person that's one of the top three agents in their area, you're going to get a phone call. So that's essentially what you're doing with a farm area. And what you do with farm areas is you just start small to start. You had said budget, you know, if you have a small budget for $5,000, um, you can have an area of a thousand homes and you'll be sending out flyers and you'll be doing events within the community and you'll be knocking on some doors and, you know, um, eventually you'll get a little bench in the area and stuff like that, like bench advertising. But that's a little further down in the first year, really just center on people seeing your name as much as possible and showing some success along with your name and that you know what you're doing. So if you uh, if you farm an area um, consistently enough and often enough, you will see results eventually. It's a slow process sometimes, depending on how much money you you spend at the beginning. Um, but as soon as you see the results in that area, um, you're going to see five thousand dollars as a an expense and fifty thousand dollars as a return. So as soon as you know you have an expense and a return on your investment, so five thousand gets you fifty. All you have to do next year is double that. Spend ten, do two thousand homes, you'll make a hundred thousand. Then double that, 
200,000, then double that 400,000, 800,000, a million five, three million. Like you just keep going and going. And that's what the the big mega agents, the top producers, that's what they do. Uh, they, they're farming agents. They spend the money. They know how business works. They just scale up. I've seen a couple of situations where someone might be getting into um, either spending money online or in like a farming situation too, which is uh, especially the farming situation too. Like you said, it could take time for you to see the returns on that. And, and I, I, a lot of cases you can maybe make the case that people give up on it too early. Is, is this the kind of thing where like you, you need to, if you are putting money towards like a big farm area, like you just need to stick with it for a while? Like how do you evaluate yeah. when it isn't working? And like, yeah. is there a good way to do that? Because I mean, in well, some gotta, case, maybe you're farming wrong yeah. too, right? I got to tell you right now, 90% of people that farm get out of it and they get out of it at the wrong, the exact wrong time. <laughs> they, they do it for a year. They say, I didn't get anything last year. I'm going to, you know, the reevaluation. So they sat down, they did the business plan next year. I said, I spent $5,000. I didn't get a listing in my area. I can't spend another 5,000 and, and, and throw that out the window. No, no, no. That's the biggest mistake you can make. That 5,000 is going to get thrown out the window that you spent last year, unless you continue doing it. So when you make a commitment to farm, it's a five-year commitment. Like it's not a one-year commitment. You have to say in the next five years, I'm going to spend $5,000 every single year. It's a $25,000 commitment over five years. Um, and of course, if you have success, you're going to double it every year and all the rest. But um, I don't know anybody who's spent 5000 a year for five years that didn't get their money back or explode like in terms of success. Um, however, it's not all about spending money. You have to complete some actions along with it. But yeah. Yeah, just making sure because I, I know that enough people like we mentioned about New Year's resolutions too. People do have the intentions of doing something, but especially once if, if money starts becoming a bit of a crunch, let's say you're like a new agent too, like after the first year, you might be a little bit more stressed out if you don't have the cash flow to be able to support this. Like, do I keep putting money into these kind of situations, right? Or do, sure. I, yeah. do I stick with it, right? And those can be very difficult decisions. So like you said, a lot of people can back out of those and maybe not stick the course, but um yeah, maybe yeah. that is the best way to do it and just kind of suck it up and go th go keep going forward and hopefully uh, it'll pan out within the years to come. And like you said, you, well, you haven't come across a situation where someone might spend that much money and not get the returns through in the end. I, I just, if somebody gets into the industry, farming is not the first per, first thing I ever mm -hmm. tell anybody to do because they'll be out, they'll be in a same situation you're talking about, Linus. Uh, what you need to do is you need to uh, really uh, center on the things that maybe don't spend as much money, uh, like your sphere of influence, get some sales underneath your belt. Something I did early in my career Career was uh, I started I told my company who was able to uh, hold hold money back every paycheck for my taxes as well for um, uh, for uh, advertising so I put it into an advertising account I made sure that next year's advertising is paid for so I did a full year of, of sales um, let's say made I think at that point in time it was 150,000 so next year I had I put 10% uh, gross. So I had a hundred, I had 15,000 to be put towards advertising the, uh, the next year. And, and uh, I ended up raising that to about 15% later on, but um, I knew next year that it was paid for that, that now that 15,000 is sitting there uh, pays for my advertising. And that's, that's the healthiest way to do it is to have the money first, you know? Yeah. Not the easiest way to, to get to that situation though, which is, I guess the problem that a lot of agents wouldn't have that luxury too. So um, obviously like once you are more successful, like it, it takes money to make money, I guess is like, you know, that old, old analogy, yeah. right? So it makes it, gets a little bit easier along the way once you are a little bit more successful. So what, maybe let's talk about this case too. What if you are extremely successful? Like, uh, I 
the best man for my wedding is kind of this point right now too. He he's a real estate agent. He's he's doing very good business, but he just has no time for anything anymore. Um, in his in his case, like what like if he's looking to maybe try to free up more of his time because his business is okay, like what like he's talking about maybe like you know hiring assistants that kind of thing, yeah, forming teams. Like in those situations where you are a top producer, say you want to try and alleviate some of the the time burden on yourself. Uh, what kind of things should you be looking at in your business plan? Because it's a little yeah. bit different than, you know, maybe necessarily even growing your business, but you're trying to restructure everything, right? Yeah. Well, you don't look at all the actions that you're completing in order to get the business and find out if they're systemized first. You have to have a system for everything. And that system, you shouldn't be paying yourself $400 an hour to do 12-hour uh, 12 hour, um, uh $12 an hour job. So um, if you do have somebody that you can pay, obviously, as an assistant to do the things like your paperwork and, you know, your flyers and your advertising and your your thank yous and your, um, you know, all the rest of it that uh, that does take a lot of your time up, uh, that's an assistant's a great um, way to, you know, obviously say some time there. Um, and sometimes you don't have to necessarily pay for an assistant right away. If you've got a buyer's agent that's hungry for business and and you've got enough leads that you can... Uh, or enough business that you can help them with, they have no problem helping you with some of the clerical stuff too. So, um, you know, it depends on where they are in their business. But if you get a good assistant, whether it be licensed or non-licensed, that can definitely uh, take some uh, stuff off your off your plate. Yeah. Is there anything else like in terms of like organization and like just organizing yourself, maybe structuring yourself a little bit more, but maybe not necessarily this case we're talking about just in general, because like we're talking about expanding your business and a lot of that can be organization as well too. Mm -hmm. like, um, oh, for sure. I mean, you got to look at everything from, you know, your paperwork, your desk, your environment, uh, but also from, you know, how you're going to utilize technology to help you. It's things like uh, DocuSign and um, there's time management programs out there. There's uh, CRM systems out there that do a lot of stuff for you. Um, just utilizing simple things like a calendar, you know, on your phone. I, I utilize my calendar for time blocking quite a bit. And uh, there's reoccurring events that uh, you can utilize, you know, every Tuesday at a certain time. It's going to remind you to do things. So these are all things that you want to, and all tools of the arsenal that you have. And as you go through your business plan, and as the one I have there, I always have action plans below. So when we talk about something and say, yeah, I got to really do that, I put it down there as an action plan and when you're going to have it done. And then come back and see me and we'll go through and make sure these are all done and hold them accountable. Um, one of the things I didn't mention uh, when we were talking about who's going to hold you accountable was um, a coach. And uh, coaching in real estate is, um, I would say, at least half, if not more than half, of the top 100 on the Toronto Real Estate Board, let's say, um, are coached. They have a coach, they pay them. Um, coaching is usually around $800 a month. Some are seven, some are five, some are a thousand, some are more than a thousand. But um, those top agents hire coaches to hold them accountable and, and you know, work them through situations to get more productive. So you don't have to spend the money on a coach. Obviously, the coaches you spend money on, they're very effective. You can get some good uh, information from your management team, other agents, but uh, or just, you know, like I said, sit down with, if it's your wife or your husband or something, to sit down with and have them go through some of the stuff and just hash it out, but uh, have somebody hold you accountable. Yeah, you, you kind of took my next question away from me there. I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you if you had any sort of resources that people could look towards, like other because yeah. we've talked about management, um, not not just for holding you accountable, but for like helping you 
put together a proper business plan. I guess coaches is another one then. Is there anything else at all like um, to help you kind of craft this plan together? Maybe you're from um, an office where you don't have these resources necessarily, right? I guess maybe your peers too might be able to help out, but is there anything else that you can think of that might be a good resource for, for putting together or crafting a business plan? Um, there is a lot of resources in real estate. There's, there's, um, not just coaches, but there's trainers and there's, you know, because not only do you want to hone in on, you know, time management skills and accountability, but sometimes you want to hone in on, you know, what do I say when somebody calls off an ad and, you know, and how do I handle a, what sort of script should I use and all this sort of stuff. So there's, there's a ton of trainers and it's, you know, as little as $30 a month, you know, um, there's the Chris leaders and the Brian Buffini's and the, you know, all the different programs, Tom Ferry, Mike Ferry, um, Rob Vivian, um, what's the other guy there? Um, there's, there's lots of them out there and those people all have programs. They all have websites, they all have videos, they have, you know, so it's not a bad idea to have as part of your business plan time set aside every week for personal development. And those tools are there to help you continue to, you know, hone in on your skills and, and to better your business. So those are good tools to use. Cool. So um, one, one of the things I just, and I was thinking about it actually a couple, uh, when we were talking about before time management wise, um, I've brought this up before and I know spotlight doesn't uh, necessarily have any commercials or anything like that. And during these podcasts. So sometimes um, I really uh, want to take the time to mention this is a good example of a system and there are other systems out there, but I, I've utilized, I utilized the spotlight system for about 10 years. And, um, when you don't have an assistant, okay. When you can't pay somebody to do things, there are technologies or systems out there spotlight, um, in terms of what it's done for my business. Um, anytime I get a listing, it's, you know, the, whether it be the photography or ordering the signs or um, getting a web writer or 1-800 line or a website or all the different things that they do, get it out to all the different websites. It's done for me. And it's only done for me for a couple hundred dollars, which is not what I'm going to spend on an assistant. Assistants are expensive. So you don't have to get to the assistant point if you want to still have a lot of stuff done for you that you're going to spend a lot of time with and just spend a small amount of money. So um, that's allowed me to do it. So a little plug for you there, Linus, but it's been a great, great uh, program for, for my business um, in the past. So And what a, what a great note to end the show on, too. <laughs> so, yes, we'll probably wrap it up there. I think we've got a pretty comprehensive place for people to get started, at least thinking about um, places to go to uh, develop their business plan and review the, the prior year or two and see how they can improve their business development in the, in the future. Uh, so just a little reminder too, uh, we're going to be making that document that Aaron's got there about, you know, forming your business plan for the following year available for download on our website for this episode. Um, but yeah, if you like the show, feel, please feel free to subscribe to our show on Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts online. And please don't forget to leave us a five-star review on those sites. It really does help. So you can watch this and past shows at spotlight.center21.ca slash podcast. If you need to reach us, you can email us anytime at podcast at homania.com. That's podcast at H-O-M as in Mary, E-A-N as in Nancy, I-A dot com. So this podcast was brought to you by the Spotlight Marketing Program that Aaron mentioned just recently. It's an exclusive marketing package available only to Century 21 agents in Canada. Spotlight provides agents with a comprehensive internet marketing strategy for their listings. We provide high-quality HDR photography, stunning HD video tours, a cutting-edge responsive website, 
and an extensive advertising system will help sell your listings faster, sell them for more money, impress your clients, and generate leads. So find out why so many top agents are using Spotlight by visiting spotlight.century21.ca today. So everyone have a happy holidays and we'll see you next week.